I would like to welcome everyone to the 17th episode of Money Trees. I am joined by an incredibly talented director, artist, creator, NFT enthusiast, Drew from Charlotte. What's up? Yeah, I do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what up, G? I, I, hold on. I forgot to throw in my guy. One of the guys, man, the at first song I was playing, Glockamus Prime, I was actually in Charlotte for Keychains's, well, I wasn't in there for his birthday, but it was his birthday when I was in Charlotte, and I pulled up on him, and he was like, yo, we having this hotel party. Uh, I think it was at the Omni, super nice hotel, crazy view, pull up, uh, room is packed out. The Nets, the Nets and Bucks playoff game was on, if I'm not mistaken, and they were like, yo, we shooting a video, and I'm like, bro, like, I want to be here with y'all, but at the same time this game <laughs> and so that, that, that was that was fun i was still i was still saying i'm incognito at the time so i don't actually appear in the video but i was there i was there anyway tangent aside drew how you doing man i'm doing good that's right because you met us later at the bar because you had to wait to finish the game out <laughs> yeah, no, i was i, I, I had to, i had to see the end of it yo um I have to ask this. So, are you using headphones right now? Yeah, AirPods. Okay, it's coming in a little funky. Would you mind using your iPhone speaker? Is that possible? Yeah, one second. Okay, cool, cool. All right, how's that? Um, it's a little better. I'm trying to. I wonder what's happening. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah, now it's clear. Now it's there clear. we go. Yeah. All right, cool. Now I can hear you. Now I can hear you. Yeah, before awesome. you, you'll hear it on playback. It was coming through just a little staticky. So I was like, I got you for the recording. Let's let's get it crystal clear here. Every gem that Drew is gonna drop, every tree <laughs> that will be planted here today. Tell me what you're up to, and tell me what you're you, you know you're looking to get done. In, in your, you want to just talk about like what's going on right now? Yeah. Or, like what's been going on? Or? Well, whatever you're feeling, just talk. You know, give us give us the Drew from Charlotte 2022 update. Right. The Drew from Charlotte 2022 update. Currently, I am after this. I'm spending the day packing to go to Miami this weekend with TJ and Keychains. We're going down. Key's got a show down there with a uh, Flyboy Tarantino from Members Only. So that'll be a good weekend. And then I come back for a couple of days and then I go to New York City to shoot uh, some like blog content and interviews with an artist. Uh, his name is Bad Lad. He's from the UK. I'm going over there with uh, the media company I work for, Cult Classic, with uh, Bobby D. So we'll be there for probably three or four days. And then I'll be back hopefully in town for all of February, just editing and catching up on the content that we shoot. And then we're trying to go out to L.A. in March and uh, catch up with some members of Spider Gang, some of the guys we went on tour with last fall, and just get more interviews, just updates. Uh, most of these people we've interviewed before, but it's just like it's been six, seven, eight months, so it's time to catch up on their life and see where they're at. Yo, that is fire. I'm going to have to be checking your IG stories and living vicariously through you because <laughs> your boy is shook. Little, another, another little off- <laughs> well, side note, I heard that they were rolling out 5G, and I'm no conspiracy theorist, but they were like, hey, yo, planes apparently can't communicate as well when 5G is rolled <laughs> yo, out, so they they having to pull it back. I don't like that. 
Oh, no. <laughs> so apparently it messes up the plane's ability to tell the distance from the ground to uh, or from like from the plane to the ground and so in low visibility climate or low low visibility times that's like that interference could be dangerous i guess we can say that's right this is the last thing i wanted to hear today <laughs> Yo, but no, no, but look, they, 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 apparently they pulled back. They were like, yo, we were going to roll it out, oh, but we're, we're stopping and we're only doing it in some cities or some areas or whatever the hell it was. As long and I was as just they, like, they don't do it until Monday, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, no, safe travels, G. Not, not trying to put any fear, fear, fear in the air, but <laughs> I did see that. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And normally I see a 5G thing and I'm thinking, oh, they about to have like a coronavirus, uh, like, you know, some shenanigans like that. But yeah. this was like, nah, New York Times straight up, like FAA is saying, nah, 5G is a little bit much. <laughs> and then telecom is like, nah, y'all have had years to prepare. <laughs> anyway, I, I digress. You have a full slate ahead of you, man. That sounds like a good effing time i don't know why i said effing instead of cursing right there but it, it felt right it felt right um <laughs> can you talk a little bit about how you got started in the space yeah uh in like and my fault, space, when i said just like yeah space? Let, we're gonna jump to web3 in a second i i i mean the filming videography creative space uh, I have to be more clear on that because it, to me, the space can only be Web three right now. Uh-huh. It's kind of like it's kind of like New York. Like if you say the city, you're talking yeah. about Manhattan. Like I don't think of other cities. Like if I'm like yo, I'm in the city, or if anyone says I'm in the city, I instantly think New York, no matter where they're at. Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah, tell me about how you got into videography and directing, cinematography and directing. So I started out. I would say I guess it was. June 2018, a friend of mine, uh, an artist known as Belise, she was doing a show at a local skate park, and I saw the flyer, and I just wasn't a fan of it, and so I was like, I hit up the promoter, and I asked if I could try to redo it. I had been screwing around in Photoshop for like like two years, like on and off in school, like nothing serious. I'd never had a client or anything like that. I'd never done cover art, so I did the flyer, and I thought it looked good. Now I think it looks awful, but... I go to the show and I walk in and literally within like 35 seconds, so this guy's walking up to me in this bathrobe, red bandana, covered in tattoos, no shirt. And I'm like, oh my God. And he shakes my hand and he says, hey, I'm Keychains Hefner. Thank you for being here. And to this day, that is still the only artist at any show, underground or large show that has ever come up to me and just said, hey, thank you just for being here and supporting me. And that really stuck with me. And so I would say probably the next day I hit him up and just started chopping it up with him about what he was doing in Charlotte. And he was really the first connection I made. And I'd say that was really where I got my start doing my cover art for Key. Um, as far as I know, I've done almost all of his cover art for the last four years now. So it's been pretty consistent. And then just like branching out through him, like, you know, he would introduce me to another person who would introduce me to another person. And it would just kind of spiral out from there. Yeah, that's fire, man. Yeah, Key's Key's energy is. If if any if any of y'all don't know, Keychains Hefner, one of like my guys, truly, truly. When I say that, episode ten, go check it out. But um, it was funny. You said one thing that looking back on your flyer that you first made, you feel like it's whack now. 
But I think as creatives, we all go through that. It's like we're so excited about starting, and that first thing we make, it's so special to us. Yeah. We think it's the hottest thing ever. And then we actually start sharpening our skills, and you look back, and you're just like, oh, my days. <laughs> like what? Honestly, what I, I still do that here? every, like, two to three months. I'll look back in my portfolio, and I'll be like, ooh, this can't be here anymore. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. But it's just, Man, like, that's- it's just about evolving, I guess. I think I think we have to we have to know where we've been to see where we're going. And I think one of my bad habits has been trying to erase the things I did in the past that I no longer think fit my standards. Because they did in that moment and I think that that was okay. It's like part of that evolution is change, part of that evolution is that growth. So not everything I make now is going to be as fire as it. I hope it's not. I hope I'm not making the best things now. now yeah, now. right. <laughs> but it'll be fun to look back and to kind of hold yourself accountable and say, "I right, like, am I growing? Am I progressing?" I keep saying, I think about money trees. At the current clip, I should be doing around 180 to 200 episodes a year. And January to January, it better look and feel different. There better have been growth. I think that <laughs> yeah. these interviews, and I don't, you know, are they interviews? I think these conversations, they're not interviews, they're conversations. Yeah. These conversations will be fire to look back on, but I'm going to want to revisit with a lot of you all and then check in on the trees and, you know, read, chop up the stuff that we said. I'm like, okay, cool. How have we both grown? This is a good segue and of course i set it up that way let me stop <laughs> but uh this is a good segue to talking about web3 and you just explained how you got started from the creative piece of that what about web3 well what was like your first exposure to it and then what about that first exposure made you want to spend time in the space so my first exposure to web3 was like early 2020 like honestly maybe december of 2019 but like january of 2020 was when i first got started like i made my first metamask wallet ever in january of 2020 and i had just seen like a reddit post about nfts i don't even remember like what subreddit it was or anything like that but i just remember it was like explaining how nfts were gonna be able to provide like authentic digital ownership like you could actually own things and they can uh they compared it to this old game runescape at the time i don't know if any of you guys have played that but that was a, one of my favorites growing up. And a lot of RuneScape is just like, you got to click these buttons over and over and over and just kind of grind it out and then get your stuff. But you never owned your account. Like if Jagex, the company that ran that game, ever wanted to shut my account down, they could for whatever reason. Or, you know, I can never sell the items. Like that was one of their rules is like real world trading was against all the terms and conditions. So a lot of people would try to sell these items on like a black market and then their accounts would get shut down and they'd lose everything. So it seemed like NFTs were going to be the first way to change things like that in the gaming space. And so I wanted to take it and apply it to my art. So I started out in February of 2020 minting uh, pieces of cover that I'd actually done for keychains on OpenSea. And then I guess through the years, whether it was different change of laptops or whatever, I've lost the wallet. So somewhere out there, there's a wallet with original copies of all of Keychain's cover art that I was trying to pre-prep years ago for a bigger project. So maybe one day I'll get access to that. Oh, man, that's that's so, so beautiful 
deeply poetic. <laughs> I think the <laughs> fact that you were up on it so early is it's amazing. And the fact that you were that forward thinking is fire. But you you minted it on the blockchain and now it's there forever. Even though you can't access it. That's I think right. That, that that's part of the story now. And it's there, you know, regardless of whatever else happens, it's minted, it's set. It can't be sold. It will just exist. It's immutable in that sense. There's a, um, yeah, that, that that's poetic in a sense. You did hit on one thing that I think, actually, I don't really, I haven't really heard many people, excuse me if y'all hear that siren in the background, New York City, but um, I haven't really heard many people use the RuneScape comparison. And that is a really, really, really good one. I wasn't big on RuneScape, but I don't know if you ever heard of Habo Hotel. It yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, so yo, I was huge on Habo. I had my own army, and I had people that worked for me, and I had Fernie. <laughs> I, I used to all. <laughs> I ran a massive army. I won't tell. If anyone can find my I, – I was pretty big on Habo. I had casinos. If anyone can find my Habo username – you know, shout out to you. I, don't, I can't really reward you for that. But, um, and thinking about how RuneScape and Habo were play-to-earn games essentially before their time, where by having people, I would, I would literally pay people in Fernie for coming and doing tasks that were part of my army, and then your name would get to go on the leaderboard, and people were comp- uh, trying to get promoted to be like my VP and my sergeant of arms, all things that I had no, like this was my first ever experience really running a business. And I'm 12 years old, uh, <laughs> just trying to run this hobo army. And I probably asked my grandmother for uh, an undisclosed amount of, of money that I put into my hobo coins uh, way back when. But I, you know, all of that is gone, and that value essentially went to the ether. Well, it didn't go to the ethers; it went to whoever the hell runs Hobo. And I was unable to retain any of that value. So, thinking about that with NFTs and that direct correlation, that's fire. I'm a hundred percent going to use that example moving forward. There was one. I don't know if you know the story of what led Vitalik to uh, inventing Ethereum. Are you familiar yeah, with that? Yeah, with uh, World of Warcraft. He wanted to be able to trade his items. So yeah, he said one night there was an item that he had that was that Blizzard removed from his account, and he cried himself to sleep that night because he was so frustrated with the fact that this central authority was able to take away this game, you know, take away this item in this game that he was working so hard to have, and that was what inspired him to make Ethereum, and so. Gamers have been giving away a lot of their value just for the sake of enjoyment to a lot of these game companies. And so I think that's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. Very full circle moment with, what was it, yesterday or two days ago? Yeah, when they bought, uh, when Microsoft bought Blizzard. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. And so now it's like, yo, um, Reminds there's a lot of different analogies, but there's a lot. I'm thinking of NBA ones where you'll see an NBA player that poses with a with a younger kid when like the kid is still obviously a kid, and then that kid makes it to the NBA and starts cooking them. (laughs) You think about what happened with Ethereum. It was like yo, they kicked Vitalik and he was down, and now 
World of Warcraft may end up running on Ethereum, which just very, very kind of another poetic full circle moment. It's a, yeah, I I really like that. I really like the gaming example. You mentioned the cover art piece already, and I like the way that you were thinking about mincing that, you know, you're able to store it and help kind of show your progress as well. You said towards a bigger project. What are you, how are you currently approaching the space? So I know that you said you lost that wallet. What is like your current approach? Are you minting your music videos? Are you minting cover art still? So currently, um, I'm not interested in as much backdating any of my work like I was before. Um, that was kind of just my approach because I realized in 2020 how early we truly were to the space. Like even now we're still early, but it was way different back then in February of 2020. So I just figured that if I minted all of that older work, the historical date maybe would give it some additional value. But since that kind of fell through in October of 2021, I reached out to Keychains and I was like, hey, there's this project. It's called Digits. Um, It's going to be about $400 you want to put up the money and I'll go ahead and mint the NFT and, you know, I'll keep track of it. We'll do it together and see what kind of profits we can make. And we minted digits and it went great. Uh, we're still holding it. Um, and with digits, that was kind of my first community. Like I'd been in hundreds and maybe arguably close to thousands of discords. And I just, I hated every single server I went in. Like I just despised, it just felt so fake and nothing felt real. But then when I finally got into digits, it felt like an actual small, tight-knit community of actual like, like-minded like people that saw the space I did, and they weren't afraid to call other people out on their bullshit, like all these pump-and-dump projects and influencers getting extra NFTs pre-mint, all this stuff that goes on in the space. They weren't afraid to say, hey, this needs to stop, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that they've kind of given me my foothold in the space. They've put me in contact with different developers and other artists that I'm working on collaborating with. I currently have a project coming up. I want to say June, but don't hold me to that. It's called Pixel Plots. It's going to be a collection of 50 one-of-one voxel rooms, which are like 3D cubes, essentially. It's a uh, decently popular art style in the NFT space. And each one of those will come with a full story written by my partner, uh, Cardiff from the digits community and essentially if you laid all 50 pieces and stories out they all make up one giant universe that all coexists within itself so that's kind of where we're at with that yo that is fucking fire pixel plots i really like that and i like the fact that everyone kind of owns this piece of the story and creating that community i love i love the number behind it where to your point, there's a lot of issues with larger projects and larger communities. So starting at 50 is very desirable, especially for someone that is really trying to build a community and build people that or uh, in, get gain the interest of people that actually want to be a part of something. It's hard being a part. I was saying this the other day. It's hard being a part of discords with 20,000 members, 10,000 members, 5,000 members. The conversations move too quickly. You're not really in that the way that, you know, there are people that are able to keep up and put a lot of time into it. But then if if you're in those and you're heavy in those, it's hard for you to be in other places as well. I hope that doesn't sound too vague. But getting back onto digits, I want to shout out Drew because 
you may be the first person to come on Money Trees and put me on to a new Web3 platform slash protocol. How can I find Digits? I'm not familiar whatsoever. So Digits was a collection of originally it was supposed to be uh, 9,999 pieces. And the whole point was there was this bounty system. Every week, the the developers, there's three of them, um, the, the 420, 6ix9ine, and uh, Mrs. Fish Lips. Those are the three developers. They're completely anonymous. And every week they would pick, like, let's say the bounty was num- three number nine pieces. You would go and find enough people in the server to have all three digits with the number nine on them, list them as a bundle on OpenSea, and then they would pay you, like, three times mint price, for example. And then you would split up the Ethereum. And essentially, the game is played every week until every Digits piece has a bounty. The way it's funded is obviously through Digits Mint and then through the royalties. So every time a piece is traded, whether it's traded for a bounty or traded to another person in the community, a percent of that's going back into the developer wallet. And then also, I think it's I think it's 15%, but I could be wrong on that, of their future projects go back into the Digits wallet as well. They just, uh, Digits is closed off. The mint's done. You can't get into that anymore, but you can buy at the floor because if you hold any Digits piece, you have access to their, uh, their channel on their discord called fucking alpha. And it's essentially like, that's like their main chat. Anyone can go in and talk to It's filled with a lot of bullshit, but the fucking alpha chat is like where anyone who's making calls, they make calls all day. They'll show you charts. They'll drop upcoming projects. They'll drop uh, good servers to go in and try to get whitelisted for, so you can mint a project before the rest of the public. Um, they'll do giveaways for whitelists. They'll uh, collaborate with other projects because now that their name is a little bit bigger, like their second project is called Rug Burners, and this this is a really cool one. Rug Burners, the whole idea is to put a stop to all of these developers that drop these projects get all this money and then pull the rug and just disappear off the internet and they just run away with your money. So what rug burners does, it's their second project every week. The, uh, the Dow votes, every holder of a burner gets one vote. There's 999 of them and you vote for a rugged project and the developers will go in and buy pieces at mint price. So let's say you minted some stupid fucking ape baby collab that are derivative project and the developer rugged you and you paid 0.1 ETH to mint, even though the floor is probably 0.00001, the developers are still going to pay you out 0.1 for however many of those you hold. And so it's a really interesting concept of reviving dead projects and kind of saving each other's bags, you know, instead of just being stuck with garbage forever. Yo, okay. So Digits, not a platform protocol, project from a set of three devs. Rug burners sounds gas as well. We're definitely gonna have to offline on this because this Got is you. this is really interesting. And I'm not trying to be facetious whatsoever. This like I'm genuinely here. No, I got you. Yeah. Yo, I one of the main things I love about this space, I think, is moments like this where there are entirely unique projects looking at NFTs and thinking of ways to innovate and ways to actually be about community, to actually reward people and foster interactions and foster growth. And that is fucking exciting (laughs) for real, man. Okay. Wow. Wow. That was, yeah, I'm, I'm low key blown away. 
Rug burners, digits. Rug burners, digits. Ah, right, yeah, cool. That's in there. Ingrained in my brain. <laughs> you talked about rug burners and the idea of getting rugged. So for anyone not familiar, getting rugged is, Drew alluded to it, when you buy into a project and the devs go ghost. They pull their Danny Phantom impression and they bounce. They keep your money and you are left now with whatever NFT it was that you minted. However, if the community disbands and there is no real utility to it, more likely than not, your project will be worth little to nothing. At least outside of whatever value you find in the NFT. There are a lot of examples of these types of scams, some more obvious than others. Drew, there was one that I saw you post about and I Uh. genuinely felt I felt bad because I saw you post about it and I wanted to hit you and say, yo, I think this is a scam. And I said, nah, Drew is in the space and I don't want to spread FUD, especially because I don't know. FUD is fear, uncertainty, uncertainty and doubt. And I felt like unless I could 1000% tell you, yo, this is a scam, me getting into the NFT space because you respect my opinion, because we have a level of, um, you know, like rapport, it would be, it would be wrong of me to do that because I wasn't sure. And then when it turned out to be a scam, I immediately thought, yo, I can never, ever allow my friends to participate in things. Even if I have an inkling that it might be a scam, I have to hit them, give them the information as to why I think it's a scam and let them make the decision. Do you know what I'm alluding to here? Yeah. So I think you're referring to the, the Pixel Mutant Ape Yacht Club, if I'm correct. Oh my gosh. No, I didn't see that one. You hit oh, two? Two no, rugs, Drew? No, no, no. That, that's the only one that I bought into. That's the only rug I've purchased. So, okay. No, I didn't see that one, but Are I could have told you. To one of the, the airdrops, maybe? Yes, yes. It was, oh, okay. it was the fees. It was fees, man. Fees. Oh, yeah. Got... Fees was a shit show. Yeah, that was a shit show. And I saw it and I looked at it and I'm like, yo, this does not, this doesn't seem correct. It doesn't seem like it's above, um, it's above water, above board, above. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was, it wasn't above, it was below. It was very, very, very far below. Thankfully I caught that one before we put any money into it. I wanted to wait and see where that went. So we didn't get burned on that one. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad because I didn't see you post about it after. I just saw you share your claim. Yeah, or no, something I shared like the that. referral link. I was like, the claim's coming up. And I was like, you know, everyone else could test the waters, but uh, it seemed a little iffy to begin with. Like, I liked the process. I kind of didn't mind the whole pay zero point zero one to unlock it, but I real immediately as soon as they launched, I knew there was going to be a liquidity issue and that nothing was going to be able to get swapped. Because I don't know if anyone else caught it, but for a split second, every fees token was worth a million dollars, which obviously can't happen. Yeah, there was nobody, no exchange was going to actually let you swap that out. It just ran up because there were there were no sales you couldn't sell. Yeah, man, the the space is it's a dangerous one, you know. Without proper education and without proper to kind of. I don't want to, we can call them guides in the space or references. It becomes hard to navigate in here. I know that we had mentioned it on Key's episode that you had been trying to help him get set up. 
what do you recommend personally? Like, what is your go-to when trying to explain to new artists what NFTs are or how they can get into the space? Either one of those. So honestly, it's, I don't know, this might sound a little douchey, but it really comes down to how much do I like the person that I want to onboard. Because every single person that I've ever onboarded, except for Key, honestly, has been very resistant and very, this is dumb, this is stupid, this is a waste of money. And that's fine if they want to have those opinions, but I can't fight 50 people having that dead set opinion. I'm only going to be able to flip-flop three, four, or five people at a time, you know, really give them the full my full attention and walk them through because it's a complicated space. There's a lot of steps, you know, between setting up your Coinbase so you can buy Ethereum, setting up your MetaMask so you can store it in a decentralized wallet, actually going through and minting an NFT. How do you get on a whitelist? What's a whitelist? You know, all these things. So you really almost got to hold people's hands through the entire process. So the best way I would look at it is I try to see like, Who's the most open to crypto right now? You know, who's mentioned anything at all about crypto? Because if they know what crypto is, then I feel like you can start to approach NFTs. But a lot of people don't even understand the blockchain or they don't understand the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I don't think those people should do anything with NFTs at the moment because you're just going to end up getting burned. There's just there's too many lessons that a lot of us have been learning painfully over the years with crypto whether it's scams or rugs or any of these things or bear markets. And a lot of this shit hasn't happened in the last eight to 12 months until recently. And it's, it's going to get worse. Like the market's going to suck sometimes. Sometimes we're going to go 12 months without seeing an all-time high. And that's just kind of how crypto goes. And I just think we all need to take a step back and educate ourselves at the very fundamentals of not just NFTs, but crypto itself. Yo, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I want to make one note, and I think we all need to get away from the term whitelist. I know that you're using it just because that's the current colloquialism uh, around the space, but the term itself, we need to use mint list or green list or, or something else. Just because the space is suffering from tons of diversity issues, and I won't get into the reasoning behind it but definitely no i definitely see the yeah, point there yeah dyor do your own research let's move away from whitelist as to your point about people's hesit- hesitancy to get into the space and their lack of interest in it man it is it's nuts because <laughs> i've had so many people this year come and hit me about nfts that when i first exposed it to them they were like yo like what are you talking about and i think for us as onboarders and people early to the space we need to be we need to be patient and it becomes a thing of like yo this is a brand new technology and it is very complex and people don't understand why they need to care about it because they've only been shown a certain perspective of it if all i saw was the crazy PFP projects being sold and all that, I probably wouldn't get it either. The way that I like to explain it to people and the way that I recommend people start to explain it is verifiable digital ownership. Just saying like, hey, we have never had the possibility of showing that we own something online. And even now, people are like, oh, well, you don't really own the NFT. It's just a receipt to something else and blah, 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 blah. And they get very, very technical on it. And 
<laughs> my thing becomes like, okay, if we're going to get this deep into the weeds, what is money? Do you, what is that <laughs> no. dollar? What's the money? You know, you have a Chase checking account. What the fuck is your Chase account? You know, like really, what is that? <laughs> money is a technology that we use to, you know, exchange goods and services. And we just all agree that money has value. But like, does it? I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say like it has value because we say it has value. So if you're struggling to understand NFTs, you have to take a step back and look and say, okay, well, what are some of the things that I believe in that are actually kind of similar to this? If you use fiat currency, if you're if you have a job and your job rewards you in, you know, either direct deposits or a check why does that have value? Why does your time exchange for whatever it is you're receiving here have value? Well, because you can go and use it in all these other places and you know, so on and so forth and all the uses for money. So when you think about NFTs, okay, verifiable digital ownership. Well, if people are willing to accept that I own this thing digitally, then that has value. And if there are enough people willing to accept it, now there's a whole economy ecosystem that's propped up behind it and it has value because people agree to it it's like bartering yo why the hell would i trade you 18 of the eggs that my chickens just laid for a sack of your potatoes i don't even know that doesn't sound like an even trade but i don't you know i don't trade chickens and potatoes it's <laughs> so if you're a potato farmer and you need them eggs you might give me a bunch of a, you might give me eight sacks of potatoes for my 18 eggs because you need eggs that badly but there might be people who have eggs and chickens. I mean, uh, potatoes and chickens. So the, our eggs and our potatoes have no value to them. And I'm going off on a tangent. I hope that that analogy tracks for people. But it goes down to bartering and just value is whatever people say it is. If there is one person in the world that will buy an NFT for $100 million – well, then it's worth $100 million. It doesn't matter if nobody else in the world will pay that price. Now, as to the value the person gets out of it, that's a whole other thing. But if they are willing to pay that, then that is what it's worth. And I think once we start wrapping our mind around that, the whole fact that NFTs are you know, these digital receipts of things, it becomes a little bit easier to digest. So that that's my two cents. I'd add that into your repertoire when talking about uh, the space to people because what's going to happen is we're going to ramp up and it's going to be – I keep using the email example, but nobody knows how email well, – I'm going to say nobody. Few people know how emails work, email works, but most people have an email address. This is a very similar case. So we're going to get to a point where you don't even realize – you're buying NFTs. I don't know if you saw Facebook and Instagram planned on integrating NFTs into the platform. Twitter just rolled out today where you can put uh, you can connect your wallet and verify that you're using one of an using an NFT you own as your as a profile picture. Adidas and uh, Board Ape and now Adidas and Prada and NBA Top Shot and the NFL. Do you know what's going to happen to the NFT market when Disney gets involved? Yeah. Can't, can't even think about it, man. What? When the three and four-year-olds are going to know NFTs from 
from the jump, from the get-go, they're going to be asking their parents for these NFTs that get them whatever because they saw it on TikTok and whatever the case is. I can't even wrap my mind around what it's going to look like when that becomes the case. So it is inevitable. Maybe not in the form that it currently is. Maybe it evolves. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe we are seeing, and I'm not saying that it won't evolve more, but maybe we are seeing a lot of the best use cases and it might be years before it changes dramatically or it might be before the end of this year and PFPs have gone out the window and there's a whole other use case that people have come up with that people don't realize. And yeah, yeah, I just, I, I think it's inevitable. It's my mission to, part of Money Trees is that you came on here and you planted some really dope trees. The idea is that there's other people that will hear this conversation and be able to get some really good takeaways from it. And when I think about communities, you're a part of my community. You're someone that has a unique perspective and there are going to be other people that share your perspective. And these perspectives, hearing about how you first got into it, hearing some of your struggles, hearing some of the reasons why you think it's valuable or projects like Digits that you found that really resonated with you will hopefully help more and more people find their own whys and their own reasons for getting into the space, thus further pushing innovation, thus further getting me closer to the future that I believe is on the horizon. That's my spiel, G. That's it. That's what I got for you. We have gone over. This has been such a fire conversation. Before I let you go, I got two questions to ask you. First question. What is your seed phrase? And now you know the seed phrase, the real term or the way that it's used currently is your account recovery key. So I don't think seed phrase is scary enough. I just think that, (laughs) hey, man, if I lose my seed phrase, oh, I lose all my NFTs and my cryptocurrency? Damn, you know, it needs to be called something else, something different. I don't know what it is, but we're repurposing seed phrase to be a motto or a saying or a quote that you live by. And if we were to sum up the ideas and trees that you planted today, this seed phrase would embody all of that. So, Drew from Charlotte, what is your seed phrase? Um, homegrown teamwork. Homegrown, uh, homegrown teamwork. Okay. Tell me why. What is that? Uh, so everything I've done uh, in my creative career has all stemmed from Charlotte, whether it's an opportunity to go on tour or to fly out of state and shoot a show, literally everything, I can trace it all back to that first show in Charlotte. And thus, I'm still working with the same people three, four years later. And I continue to do, I plan to continue to do that for the rest of my life. So I think that's a good fitting seed for us. Yo, I I love that, man. I really do. I think that so many of our favorite stars and successful people that we look up to, many of them have that same mentality in common where, and especially in rap, I can say that, where it's like a lot of the artists that get on, it's them and the people that have been supporting them for years and they constantly give back to their community and the community then bolsters them up, allowing them to reach a worldwide stage. 
we we had a a saying we used internally for one of our artists, which was go hyper local to go super global, and it was the idea of putting your own hometown at the forefront of everything that you're doing and allowing people to experience what it may have been like for, or see what it may have been like for them to grow up in that space. And I love that, man. I, you know, you, you, you have it in your name, Drew from Charlotte. So shout out to that G that's a really, really fire seed phrase. Thank I have you. one last. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. You're welcome. One last question. We're going to have, the one of one, Money Trees number 17, Drew from Charlotte Note. Go up for, go up on, it's not an auction really, go up for sale. I don't like saying for sale. It is for sale, but you know, it's going up. What's the reserve price going to be for this note? Let's set it at 0. 0.704 Ethereum. Oh, the 704. I love it, man. 0. 0.704. Yo, my guy. Thank you again so much for dropping by. This has been a incredible conversation. Really appreciate you. I've learned and I love that. I think there will be other clips or other moments from here, other takeaways that other people will be able to learn from as well. And so, yeah, you planted a tree. Let's check back in on it in a few months when you got that new project that you, 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 you put it on the map, man. Pixel plots. I'm going to be looking out for it. That's right. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. Hey, man. Yeah, yo, you enjoy the rest of your, your day. Have a good weekend. Stay blessed. Thank you. You too.